I want to give my peculiar praise tonight in honor to His name by lifting Him up who made a prophecy in Matthew 24 and verse 14, and He fulfilled it. Turn your Bibles to Matthew 24 and verse 14. I'm going to honor you tonight because you honored me this morning. I hear all of you that are telling me not to honor you, but I'm going to honor you anyway. Trust your pastor. I want to sing some more. I'm not going to deal with this whole subject of the Great Commission. I've dealt with it before, and I have up here in my pulpit detailed dealing with the whole subject. For those that do not have it, you would be blessed to go home and look through it and see that the Great Commission was given to 11 apostles, and it was fulfilled by 11 apostles. Men who take Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, or Acts 1, and create a hammer from it to pound the saints of God in 2005 are taking the wrong verses. Because those verses belong to the apostles. We have our verses. We have 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to those that ask a reason of the hope that is within you. We have verses, but we don't have the Great Commission. The Great Commission is called great because it had a worldwide perspective, because there was incredible power given to those men to do things you'll never be able to do, nor any man on earth be able to do. The men that were given that commission were the eyewitnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there isn't any true witnessing going on in the earth and hasn't for 1,935 years. Because the eyewitnesses have died. We believe in evangelism. We spend more per capita in this church on it than any other church in this county. We believe in evangelism. We believe in evangelism to the whole world. We want to take the truth to the whole world. We work hard at it, and I appreciate your willful giving to build our website to support ministers in this country and in other countries. We do it, but we do it according to the New Testament pattern, not the Great Commission. The Great Commission was given to 11 apostles, and they fulfilled it. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14, we've already spent seven sermons reviewing all the material in the Bible pertaining to 70 A.D., And we have this verse that we come back to tonight. Verse 14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. And the end in Matthew 24 is 70 A.D. and the end of Jerusalem. The end of Israel. The end of the temple which started this whole discussion as Jesus gave them some signs of the impending doom that was coming on that city. And he said, one thing I need to get done before the Roman armies can be surrounding Jerusalem, and that is I want this gospel of the kingdom preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And you start in the book of Acts, and you read the book of Acts, and you find out that the apostles went and did that, and they presented Jesus Christ as king, and they presented the prophecies that he gave, including Matthew 24, including Mark 13, including Luke 21, and the scriptures came together before 70 A.D., and there were converts throughout the Roman Empire that knew that the fire of the Lord Jesus Christ was about to fall in the city of Jerusalem, that he was about to shake the heavens and the earth, 
and shake away the Old Covenant to bring in and establish the New Testament and to end the time of Reformation. And they watched it happen. Because they had the gospel of the kingdom preached to them and they had the word of God that described it. It was the single greatest fulfillment to confirm their faith. The apostles brought them the gospel, but then the apostles' power quickly went away. And as it was going away, the scriptures came together and then Jesus Christ gave his sign that he was indeed sitting at the right hand of God as he crushed his enemies. This verse tells us, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And the end is the end of Jerusalem. And the end was in the lifetime of the people that heard Jesus speak, because in verse 34, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. And he fulfilled this one, and tonight's going to be this simple. We want to see its fulfillment. Show me, Pastor, from the Word of God, that the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the grace of God, they're the same thing, was preached in all the world for a witness to all nations before 70 A.D. I'm going to do it for you. This is the time frame of the Great Commission. I will get the gospel preached in all the world before the end of Jerusalem. Now, there are people today, because in the last 150 years, hardly a man in a public position of responsibility to preach the word of God understands Matthew 24. They take every syllable of this chapter and shove it out into the future. And here's how they use this verse. Jesus Christ cannot come the second time until the gospel is preached in all the world for a witness to all nations. It's not going to be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations because evil seducers are waxing worse and worse and there is less and less true preaching of the Word of God. This prophecy was 70 A.D. We are the remnant of the Gentile age and we are waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and there is nothing hindering Him from coming. We have studied that before. There is nothing hindering him. The prophetic prophecies of Daniel chapter 7, 2 Thessalonians 2, and others have run their course. We're waiting for the Son of God to appear and take us out of this place and burn up the earth. Turn to Matthew chapter 28. Of course, Matthew 24 was before the Lord Jesus Christ died. And so it was a prophecy of what he was going to do. But let's come to Matthew 28 and see what he did do. Here's what's called the Great Commission. And it's great because it involved the world instead of just Israel. It's great because it involved great power. It's called the Great Commission, not in the Bible, but in common terminology. Verse 18 of Matthew 20. Well, let's get verse 16. We don't want to cheat ourselves understanding. Matthew 28, 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And that's the end of the Gospel of Matthew. And those are the verses. Eleven men, Jesus with all the power, charging them, go preach 
and make disciples and baptize men in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Look at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Tonight is going to be very short and very simple. You've got to turn quickly. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Jesus said, same, same time, just before He rose back into heaven, but ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Notice, these witnesses were witnesses. No one can be a witness like an apostle. An apostle saw the risen Lord Jesus Christ. That was a condition to be an apostle. You had to have eaten and drank with the Lord Jesus Christ after His resurrection from the dead so that when you were out talking about it, you were not telling something you had heard. You were telling something you had seen with your own eyes. And notice, these men had to be witnesses in both. There's a word in this verse. It's both. It means you have to be a witness in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then the uttermost parts of the earth. You can't pick one of those and fulfill the Great Commission. You've got to do them all if you're going to fulfill the Great Commission. Nobody wants to do that, though. They all pick their lands that make a good vacation home or where they can find some comfort and excitement along with preaching the gospel once in a while. They don't live like the apostles did. And I can't turn you to Matthew 10 tonight. I don't have time. Do you know Matthew 10 tells those men when they went out and preached, they weren't to take any food with them and they weren't to take any money with them because the Lord would take care of them. I've never met a missionary like that in my life. Do you know what? They even have a name for what they do when they go around and raise support. And it's called deputation work because they're not practicing the New Testament that Jesus gave. You know, how can you pick Matthew 28 and say, I'm going to fulfill the Great Commission and then blow Matthew 10 out the window? How can you do that? That's not being fair with the Word of God. If you're going to take Matthew 28 and say, that's what called you to preach the gospel in all the world, then you better take Matthew 10 and jump on your horse and get going. Because the disciples didn't go and waste 10 years in deputation work to raise support. The apostles cut loose immediately. Look at Mark 16. Mark 16. Mark chapter 16. I hope that you've got a King James Bible. You know there's versions that don't believe in the last 12 verses of Mark. Mark 16. If you were to go at verse 14, you'd find out who he's addressing. The eleven. The apostles. He says this in verse 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That is the Great Commission. You cannot go into Mark 16 and say, well, I like 15 and 16, but I don't really like 17 and 18 because I can't do any of those things. Well, then you are not part of the Great Commission. The Great Commission was given, and it's called great because it had great power associated with it. If you can't do what we just read, then you're not part of it. And I haven't seen anyone that can do it, and Benny Hinn on television doesn't count. You know, if Benny Hinn wanted to heal, when he came to Greenville, Brother Red gave me this one, it's precious. If, brother, if Benny Hinn wanted to heal, when he came to Greenville, he wouldn't have gone to the Bilo Center. 
he would have gone to Greenville Memorial Hospital. <laughs> yes. Then he could have done some healing. He could have gone into the cancer ward and emptied up. Brother, that was priceless. Everybody I've shared that with said, that is, that is a jewel. And it is a jewel. Brother Matthew has a document that's going on the website. Thank you. <laughs> and, and it's about speaking in tongues. And that, that's one of my favorite little babies in there. I'm giving credit now, even though I didn't in the document. Uh, that's good. Have you ever thought about that? Benny Hinn stages every one of his healings. He's never healed anyone. The man's operating under the influence of the devil. I've given you 20 links with audio and video clips at the bottom of this document that are going to make you sick and entertain you all at one time. Wait till you get... Oh, you've already taken a peek at some of them, huh? They're sick. Charlie, did you look at yours? They're terrible. They're terrible. That is not the healing here. That is not staged healing. These men went and found people that were truly sick and raised them from their beds, and they did not screen them with screeners in the Bilo Center. That is psychological warfare when you enter that place with a wheelchair and they know how to pick the ones that will meet their conditions to get on stage and give a public stage demonstration of a a false healing. That is not the power here. This is real power. This is Paul putting some wood in a fire and a viper coming out of that fire and latching onto his hand. And all the men around that fire, knowing that viper, knowing that Paul should drop down dead, he shakes it off into the fire. Then they fall down and worship Paul. He must be a god. Because he had such power. That's why it's called the Great Commission, brethren. And if you don't have the power, you can't fulfill the Great Commission. It was given to 11 chosen men, and they went and did it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for lifting that burden from us that we do not have to try to fulfill the Great Commission. We have been given enough in Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, and Hebrews to do without the Great Commission. Do you believe that? There's enough to be a good husband, a good father, a good citizen, a good master, a good employee, a good church member, a good brother, and everything else that it says without worrying about the Great Commission. And that's why in the epistles of Paul, there isn't a mention of it. Not a mention. Not a word in all the epistles of Paul to churches. And yet most of the churches in our county think that the Great Commission is their number number one reason for existing. Lord, help us. Listen, whatever I'm missing, listen, no souls are at risk. You're going to have to look it up. Right. In the outline I'll give you, no souls are at risk. I'm not, I can't go there. Right now we're just going to run through some references and I'm going to end. But there's a few of them. We're going to run through some references that the Bible says what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14 did happen. Right. Now if Jesus said it, I believe it. If Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, the gospel will be preached in all the world for a witness before Jerusalem ends, I believe that it happened. So let's go see. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Let's start with the best and then go in order. That way you can find them faster. Colossians chapter 1. Oh, this is precious. I remember the first time this was shown to me, it was like, what in the world? I've read the New Testament over and over and over. My dad made me. Even as a boy. Where do you think that little reading chart came from with all those little boxes on it? You know, the first thing I ever saw was not a mobile over my crib. And I'm, and I'm not being disrespectful. This little bifold flopped into my crib and it had little boxes on it. 1,189 of them. To read the Bible. Remember that, Paul? 
And Paul and I would go at it. Now, we weren't very, com- we weren't very consistent. We would start off with a big bang on January 1st. We'd be racing through that book, but by the time we got to Leviticus, the steam had expired. The book was hard. And Paul and I liked baseball. But we had a dad that kept the next January, we'd be at it again. And I'm thankful for that. I couldn't believe it when I ran into these verses with understanding. Most churches have up here, there's a big banner hanging. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And all of them think it's never been done. All of them think the Lord is still waiting on them to do it. All of them think Jesus Christ can't come back until it gets done. And it isn't going to get done in our generation. Our generation is getting worse and worse because 2 Timothy 3.13 tells us that. Evil seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They will turn away their ears from the truth to be turned into fables. That's what we're in. The gospel's not going farther, it's going less. Here we go, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 6. Paul said, look at verse 5, the last four words say the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. The truth of the gospel is come unto the Colossian saints as it had in all the world, and it was bearing fruit in all the world. Praise the Lord. Amen. You're being shown something hardly anyone knows, and no one wants to believe anymore. They've got their business mechanism set up. They get a lot of money if they talk about missions. But the Bible says the Great Commission was fulfilled. Now, we keep paying and we keep praying and we keep working to evangelize but the Great Commission is fulfilled. Look at that verse. It's come in all the world that's bearing fruit. Verse 23. Same chapter, Colossians 1.23. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled. Does that sound like the true gospel? If it's the faith grounded and settled. And be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Could it be any plainer? Someone will read Mark 16, 15, going into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, it's never been preached to every creature. Colossians 1, 23 says it has. Now fight with the Lord Jesus Christ if you don't believe it's been done. But it's been done. Your fight's not going to last long. Jesus Christ gave His word that it would happen, and He did do it, brethren. He did it. Look at that. The Great Commission is fulfilled. So all you have to do is be a good husband, be a good wife, be a good employer, be a good mother, be a good child, be a good neighbor, be a good church member. That's all you got to do. That's what the New Testament epistles teach us. What am I supposed to do? Do the work of an evangelist. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5. Okay. That was Colossians 1, 6 and 23. Never forget them. Do you have a memory? Do you have a steel trap up there that you can open and lay hold of these two? Lay hold of those two. They're the two best. Here's the rest. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I've only got 14 more. Hurry. Acts chapter 2. Oh, this is precious. Brethren, there's nobody in here. Nobody in here that was subjected to more missionary endeavors and missionary promotion than I was. I'm one year older than you, brother. All, all my life I've heard about getting Mark 16 fulfilled and done. 
I'm telling you it was. And it was done by some mighty men that God gave great power to and sent them out as the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And they went everywhere. And you know what he told them? The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Now, gates don't do the fighting. Gates do the defending. And the apostles went into places where the gospel had never gone. And they busted through the gates of hell to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And it included you and me because I was as hellish as any of them. Our ancestors weren't worshiping the God of heaven, brethren. They were worshiping sticks and stones and flies. But the God of heaven busted through the gates of hell with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The message was, Jesus of Nazareth is the high king of heaven. Repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 2.5 And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, and, and what we have following is 15 or 16 different language groups and nations mentioned, when the apostles burst out into tongues on the day of Pentecost, we had there at least 16 different nations represented that were visiting or living and had been born in other places because it says in verse... Eight, and how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born... These were people that had come from other nations. They would have had relatives in those nations. But all of a sudden, in one blast on the day of Pentecost, the gospel was going into all nations through these Jews that had come to Jerusalem and either were living or visiting for the Passover and Pentecost that followed in 50 days. That's Acts 2. Come to Acts 8. Acts chapter 8. Do you know what that early church was like? You had 11 men empowered with the Holy Ghost. You had 3,000 converted on the day of Pentecost. You had 5,000 men converted the next day. Then you read that the church was multiplied greatly. Now, when I take 3,000, 5,000 and start doing multiplication, that means you square it. You square it greatly. Well, maybe you cube it. It's a big number. There were many saved, converted by the gospel of the preaching power of the apostles and God blessing them with the Holy Spirit. But they weren't there long because the Jews got envious that so many were being converted to the kingdom that Jesus was taking from them and giving to others. In the early stages, look at Acts 8, verse 1, And Saul was consenting unto his death. And that's the death of Stephen. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles, and they went preaching. If you look all the way down to verse 8. Remember, it started in Jerusalem, and here's what got it to Judea and Samaria. The persecution that pushed men out to preach elsewhere. And so Philip comes into Samaria, and look what it says. Philip comes into Samaria. Verse 5, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Verse 8, And there was great joy in that city. Is there great joy in our hearts tonight? But the gospel has come to us and told us about Jesus of Nazareth. That He's our Savior, that He's our Lord, that He's our coming King. That He loves us and cares for us and will never leave us nor forsake us. Is there great joy in your heart? There was in Samaria. Because these men were fulfilling the Great Commission. Turn to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. Paul's in Thessalonica. Here's how he was treated. The Jews, which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. Verse 5. This was the untoward generation of the Jews. Can you imagine hiring lewd men of the baser sort to create a riot in the city to shut down Paul? 
That's what they were like. Acts chapter 17, verse 6, And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying. Here's what the enemies of the gospel said as early as Acts 17, in the city of Thessalonica, which is all the way across the Mediterranean Sea, in what we now call Greece. These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. Amen. That is the gospel of the kingdom. There is, there is another king, one Jesus. But I'll tell you, the Caesars of this world are never threatened by the true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because my Lord Jesus Christ said, render unto Caesar the things that belong to Caesar. But he was still a king. But he had given those kings their authority. That's Acts chapter 17. Even the enemies knew that they had turned the world upside down. Look at Acts 19. Acts 19, verse 10. Paul is disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus in verse 9. And it says in 10, And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Do you need more? Yes. Okay, you need more. But look at what it says. Jews and Greeks, all that were in Asia. Now that Asia is the Asia of the Roman world. It's what we would call Turkey today. It's a smaller Asia. It's not outer Mongolia. We don't know where the other, the other apostles were. When you look at what Paul covered, the rest could have covered three earths. I'm serious. When you see what Paul covered, but here we're, we're racing on. Look at what it says. It says that all they which dwell in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. You can try to modify, minimize, limit these verses all you want. There are 16 of them. You're going to run out of rubber bands before you get to the end. Because the Great Commission was fulfilled because Jesus said in Matthew 24 and verse 14, it would be. Verse 26, same chapter, Acts 19, 26. His enemies said, this is Demetrius, a silversmith. Moreover, Acts 19, 26. Moreover, ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. They all knew how much he had accomplished. Chapter 20 and verse 26. Chapter 20 and verse 26, Paul said, speaking to the elders of Ephesus, Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. Is the, is the gospel getting preached in all the world for a witness to all nations before the end came? It sure is. Chapter 21, Acts 21 and verse 28. Brethren, the Lord Jesus Christ ascended up into heaven. He appeared as a lamb slain, but he was the lion of the tribe of Judah. He sat down at the right hand of God. He had told his apostles before he rose up through the clouds, he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach. And they went and taught based on the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is powerful. And it came even to us. It was in the British Isles before Paul died. It was in all nations before the end came. Now what nations are we talking about? We may not be talking about the Cherokee nation because the Bible doesn't mention them. But we can be talking about the British Isles because they were one of the nations of the Roman Empire in the time of the Apostle Paul. And there happens to be historical records of it being there. 
And that's where we came from, brethren. If you were to trace us out of Jerusalem, we came through the city of Rome into the British Isles and into the state of Pennsylvania, Delaware, Rhode Island. And we are here today because of the transition of the gospel by men that preached it and fulfilled the Great Commission before 70 A.D. and those that followed them. We are blessed, brethren. The first churches in this country were called Welsh Track Baptist Churches in the eastern end of Pennsylvania because they were from the mountains of Wales where they had to hide to survive for a thousand years. That's a subject for another time. Acts twenty-one twenty-eight, crying out, "Men of Israel, help! This is the man. These are the, this is what the Jews said of Paul. This is the man that teacheth all men everywhere against the people and the law and this place, and further brought Greeks also into the temple and hath polluted this holy place." He didn't do those things, but he had preached to all men everywhere because he said that in other places. Acts twenty-four and verse five. Paul's on trial. They bring Tertullus, an orator, against him. And here's what the orator says about him. Here's what his notes told him to say. Acts 24, 5. For we have found this man a pestilent fellow, and a mover of sedition among all the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. Do you want to be a sect of the Nazarenes? And the Nazarene church doesn't know what the word means as well as I hope we do right now. A ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. The cult of the Nazarenes. And who were they following? Jesus of Nazareth. Because that makes you a Nazarene when you're from Nazareth. But look at what it says in that verse. He is a mover of sedition among all the Jews throughout the world. What was the sedition? We're no longer going to keep the old covenant. We're going to keep the new covenant. Yes, we want to be seditious. But there's no more old covenant to keep, brethren. God saved the apostles by getting rid of all the Judaizers. They all ended in 70 A.D. There weren't any more. Now the Seventh-day Adventists have tried to raise a few. Trying to go back into the Old Covenant, keep the dietary laws of Moses, and keep the Sabbath of Moses that was given to Israel as a sign to them. But the real Judaizers that came up out of Jerusalem are gone. That's Acts 24.5. How about Romans 1? You say, are you almost done? We're halfway there and I want to sing. Romans 1. This is the Word of God. Over and over and over and over, we are told that it was fulfilled. I hope that you wouldn't even need any of these because you believe Matthew 24, 14 enough. But it is wonderful to see it fulfilled. Romans 1, 8. Paul writes the Roman church and says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Who was speaking of their faith throughout the whole world? People that had heard the gospel, believed the gospel, been baptized, and formed into churches where Paul and other apostles wrote and said, even in the capital of our empire, there is a church, and they are great in faith, and though they're persecuted, they are not departing from the Lord Jesus Christ. Your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Romans 1.8. Look at chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 10 takes the first few verses of Psalm 19 and applies them not to, the, not to the sun, the moon, the stars about testifying of God's existence, but the gospel that was being preached by the Apostles. Romans 10 verse 16, But they have not all... Oh, let's get verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel... For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? 
So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. That is the Apostle Paul taking an Old Testament prophecy and applying it to the universal preaching of the gospel that was happening in his day by the men fulfilling the Great Commission who were the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wasn't even one of the twelve. But look at the job he did. Romans 15. Romans chapter 15 and verse 19. Now let's get verse 18 so we have the sentence. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me, to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Oh, I'm so thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ sent Paul out to do some things by mighty power, by word and deed, to make the Gentiles obedient. Because I'm one of them. Not by his direct ministry, but by his indirect ministry. And so are you. Romans 15. That was verse 18. Verse 19. Through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now listen, brethren, if you go get yourself a globe, and you put your finger at Jerusalem, and you say, I'm going to make a roundabout trip to Illyricum. Illyricum is Albania and Serbia today. It is north of Greece. You go put your finger on Jerusalem and say, I'm going to take a roundabout way of getting there. You're going to cover the Roman Empire. And the Apostle Paul did that. That's why there are so many things said about him. That's 1519. I'm not going to read verses that tell you he went to Italy, that he visited Crete, and he was planning to hit Spain. I'm going to take you to Romans 1619 next. 1619, for your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise into that which is good and simple concerning evil. Romans 16:26. but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Isn't that a wonderful verse? But now is made manifest. Remember what a manifest is? It's a list and a ship to tell you what's inside. It reveals the secret things of God to men. But now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. It was made known to them. That is a glorious verse. The everlasting God had a commandment. You know what that commandment was? I want the Apostle Paul to get to Rome, and I want Pudens and Claudia to be there, and I want them to be converted and go back to the British Isles, and I want there to be established Welsh churches, and there were a thousand of them. When Augustine visited that island in 500 A.D., there were 1,000 preachers that met him, and they had to flee into the mountains, and those preachers resulted in the English Baptists that preceded us, and they came to this country, and I am the result of the Apostle Paul's work according to the commandment of the everlasting God. Are you thankful for that commandment for you? If God wouldn't have made that commandment, He would have left us. We would have still been worshiping our ancestors or worshiping the sun, the moon, the stars or some little idol that we had made, brethren. God made a commandment and He sent the gospel to us. We've read Colossians 1. Come to 1 Timothy 3. We're down to 2. 1 Timothy chapter 3. What are the best two? Colossians chapter 1 and verse 6. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 23. You should know them. You should never forget them. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, 
justified in the spirit, seen of angels, <clears throat> preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Amen. All past tense. All done when Paul wrote 1 Timothy 3.16. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Not the grace of God that bringeth salvation will appear to all men. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Anyone that wants a whole lot more detail, about 20 times what I just gave you, it's in a folder. If you don't have it, I'll give you one. I'm done. May Jesus Christ be praised. The everlasting God made a commandment to save me. And he sent the gospel through the British Isles by the work of the Apostle Paul. May he be praised.